Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's the Drink Talking with the Thinking Drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And mistress of wine, Sam Capon. All the booze news and views. From absinthe to Zinfandel. Everyone needs a spirit guide. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's a Drink Talking. I'm Sam Capon, the mistress of wine, and I'm joined by the lovely Ben and Tom Boys, want to say something? Hello. Nice one. My name's Tom, and I'm one of the thinking drinkers, and I love spirits. And um, yeah, thinking drinkers have had a good week, haven't we, Ben? We well, have. Seven days, been, you just told me. Yeah, we've been, well, yeah, we've been touring. It's been London Cocktail Week when this goes out. Course, I'll be talking about course, that in course. another podcast. Okay. But um, but yeah, so it's been a great week for drinking, and then we've had we've started our. Our global tour, which is mostly restricted to the UK regions, <laughs> and we sold out the first two dates, oh, which good. is extraordinary. Bada thank boom. you, marvelous. Yeah. Thank you, Dodcott. Yeah. So thank you. you haven't. haven't. Hmm. What? Haven't. Yeah. No, it's a place. Oh, haven't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't. Oh, no, we haven't, haven't sold out. We, we so haven't got so any tickets left for, for haven't. haven't. Mm. Uh, That's no. around Portsmouth. Yes, it, it is. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely party. A really lovely theatre. Very nice people. We've got a new show for the tour. Is that the one I saw? Yes, but we've had to add about 25 minutes, half an hour. So and do you tell everyone at the end of the show about this podcast? Yes, of course. Yes, of course we, we meet do. all the public afterwards and sell them our books mm-hmm. uh, because that's how we pay the mortgage. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, uh, yeah, we obviously talk all the time about it. But what's great is, and this happened in Edinburgh a couple of times as well as more recently, when people come up and say, I've listened to your podcast. And oh. you say, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Um, Marvellous. Well, and you, how are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've been really busy as well. You were on uh, Saturday Kitchen on, yeah. uh, on Saturday, weren't you? I, I on was on Saturday. Yeah, with Emily Sanday. Ooh. Yeah, big star, big star. Big and, what was she um, like? Nice? Lovely. Really? Drinker? Uh, she did. She did enjoy the wines. I think she has to be careful because she's about to go on a like a massive arena mm. tour. Um, Much but, like us, but, yeah. A bit like you guys. Mm, you have to maybe look after slightly bigger crowd well, for her. Um, but um, ever such a nice lady, I thought. Very yeah. kind of natural and charming and warm. I liked her enormously. I think Good. she might have a small crush. Mm. You might have a small crush on her, or she has yeah. one on you. No, meet her. Okay. okay. Yeah, but she's very nice indeed. Do you think she'll come on our podcast? Um, did you ask her? Of course, you I, didn't. I didn't ask her. Did you mention? Did you mention, space, did you mention our podcast on national television? 
I probably get fired. Really? You get a big warning before you go on about no swearing and no product placement mm. or pushing your own brands. So uh, that's a, it's a bit of a no. Okay, so mm. what you should do is might as well go out of the blaze of glory. Just <laughs> yeah. go out. Just fucking listen to our podcast, all right? That's what you should yeah, be yeah. doing. Well, maybe I'll do that on my last show. Yeah, yes, yes. You know, when yeah. this goes big, <laughs> you way, don't need to out of the kitchen yeah, anymore. Yeah. Either way, Sam, when you do it, it will be your last show. Uh, so and also, it does do leave it. a gap open for Tom and I to step in. And do you talk know much about, about wine? wine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. Yeah, for, of course. Not really. Anyway, I'm doing a spit or swallow this week. And I suddenly found these in my bag on the bus. What are the they, they look like acid tabs. I'm not going <laughs> to Not that I know what they, acid tabs look so like. I, I they suddenly do. thought exactly I was going right to... I'll change my swallow. I think I'm going to link this into my swallow. So basically, what I have here are some bits of paper. Do look suspicious like you can sell them outside the nightclub or inside the nightclub. And they've got a certain chemical on that's going to tell me if you're a super taster. So oh. let's see. So basically, you take that one. I've just had a t- coffee. Oh, really? You take oh, yeah. that one. So basically, Sh- what we, we all do. Water before doing you may this? have a quick slug of water. You can share mine. No one's got anything. No, gross. that's cleared up. <laughs> one for you, Benji, one, one. Okay, and then what we're going to do is I'm going to count to three, and we're all going to take one of these. Wait a minute, Alan. And I just want you to describe. Um, I don't want to ruin a su- surprise. But say what we're tasting. Yes. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Right, so it's on your tongue. Mm. Do you get quite bad bitterness yeah. from tallow? It's funny because it started off as quite papery. No. Yeah. And then it went but full is it quite bitter. Yeah. Right, oh. my husband and son can't taste it at all. Really? Yeah. I gave it to Wilf, That's who's weird. five. Yeah, my husband and child literally, which Where explains the enormous amount of salt I think they put on their food. You sure you didn't give them some oh, other tabs? But no. they start dancing. That's and but that's quite that's quite bad, isn't it? Yeah. Literally, wow. Ed Wilf didn't get anything from that at all. Like Ed's like, give me another one. There's nothing on there at all. So I gave him another one. There's nothing on that. I did another one. Really bitter. Gave mm. one to my child that in the is morning. Uncomfortably bitter. Oh. Now, so I think maybe we're all super tasters. That's what that means. Well, it makes sense. We're doing this podcast. We should be. <laughs> which just which basically means we've got more um, taste buds. Right. So we're more sensitive. So my understanding of the taste bud issue, because we talk about taste a lot, and actually a lot of what you taste comes from your sense of smell. So mm-hmm, we do mm-hmm, a tasting mm-hmm, in our mm-hmm. show, in fact, where we get everyone to hold their nostrils so that they can't smell anything, then yep. take a mouthful, release their nostrils, and that's when they get a lot of the yeah. assertive, particularly on a gin like the aromatic botanicals. But as you get older, your taste buds die, don't they? So this is why we start to crave much more intense flavours, whereas kids won't eat their broccoli. Yeah. It's knackered. <laughs> So, uh, no, that's right. You only have five tastes, and that's whatever they are. I always get them wrong. Salty, sour, sweet, bitter, and umami. Right. And umami. Then, umami. And then it's uh, aroma and taste that creates flavour. So, yeah, th- really, when you're tasting wine, you're not tasting wine, you're smelling wine. Mm. So, that's why the swirling and everything's so important. And I did that recently, what you did with the gin, where um, we were all told to eat a skittle without holding our nose. And then you had to open, you know, had to get your fingers off your nose and then try and get the flavour of the skittle. Mm. And it was, that was quite fun. Yeah. And I got mine right. It was green. It was green flavour. It was green flavour. <laughs> it was lime. And um, But you have a certain number of taste buds and it probably means you're sensitive to grapefruit, green mm. tea, mm. like, you know, and, I, and and actually there are certain wines that I'm not crazy about, very tannic wines that a lot of people in wine trade love and I don't like. So I also, as a normal taster, because I always thought it would be weird doing this job 
having being very sensitive. Mm. But maybe just my husband and child are subtasters, and we are actually kind of the normal norm, yes. having that reaction. Well, and some people will be barfing. The great British public's palate prefers sweet, doesn't it? And that's yeah. the way they move. But actually, the weird thing about that is that bitterness. Yeah, I tend to crave it. And now do it's you? dying off a bit. I kind of feel like I want another hit of it. But you do you? Know, like but do you, but really do you find that I'm always amazed with my two boys? There's Your two children, you mean? My two children, my, not, not my two boys. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> their tastes are, well, I well, won't go into that. They're, they're, um, they're questionable. Yeah, yeah. With you, I'll level with you. Um, no, my two younger boys, who are, are my sons, who are one and three, they quite like bitter tastes, which oh, if you think about it mm. historically, bitterness was seen as a warning, a, a danger mm. with, mm. with berries. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Breast milk, sweet. Yes. Mm. So the, a craving for kind of sweet things is meant to start as an infant and never really goes. No, I, no. So I, I'm amazed at how sweet it is the more I drink of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's why I was sort of surprising about the Negroni, which is a cocktail. Also, that's a bit sour for me. Well, it's very bitter. And mm. the thing is that we had this idea of a Negroni that it takes 25 to drink before you actually get on top of it. They're Campari, especially. But mm. there's suddenly a craze for Negronis mm. and people are drinking them in their early 20s. I think. I mean, your palate. But it's like when we went on, um, when we did our book on the West Coast of America, and we were just thrust into this world of beer that is sort of spearheaded by these very bitter aromatic hops. And this bitterness at first was, I mean, after a couple of days, we were like, I don't know how we're going to do this. This is too bitter. Uh, But then you, again, yeah, it's a bit like the Tabasco, which Mm, is very mm. prevalent, especially towards Southern California with the Mexican influence. The Tabasco is with everything, and you, you have it. You start having a little bit with your breakfast, and, you're, and, you just get and then you're just craving yeah. it. And there is there, there are these, the, yeah, <laughs> then you <laughs> and the doctor <laughs> saying, Stop eating that. I met someone recently who said they had a friend who walked around with chilies on them all the time mm. and just crunched Well, the people who are into it, I've got a couple of friends who are like that who genuinely have had stomach ulcers. I think you have to watch it. So yeah, the that's, that's a tip for you, quite, listeners. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, so that was my swallow. Was it? I think the importance of taste, the importance of taste buds. I think it's quite important to maybe try and work out what you are because that will help shape your preferences. Like, you know, are you more likely to like wines that are slightly fruitier or do you really like kind of, you know, you feel like a sub-taster like my husband, which I think he is. No, do you? I think you're a non-taster. You're a non-taster, a normal taster or a super taster. Okay. I think we... Guys are probably. Well, I'd hope we're getting on the close to, it. to super, but it's actually being super taste is not an, actually a good thing. Okay, like, I think you'd in our line of work you'd want to be normal because you, you don't want to be sensitive. You uh, want to have a palate a that enjoys mm. most things, you and that's to not up. too. You know, so what you're saying time. is that is actually it's not whether you have a sensitivity to all tastes and you, you're just very good at tasting things. It's yeah. just that you no, you're are sensitive. You're very sensitive. Yeah, to you've got things. more taste buds. Ergo, you taste things in a more heightened way than other people. And so, for example, you probably, like, if you're someone who creates things like vindaloos or chilies, and you probably have less taste buds, so you need stronger flavours to get that hit. Whereas if you've got more taste buds, you basically need sort of more subtle flavours because mm. otherwise it's too intense. As we're approaching, well, we're sort of approaching Christmas, so this isn't massively <laughs> topical, but, you know, uh, Brussels sprouts. Mm. A lot of people don't like Brussels sprouts, you but there's Brussels some sprout. people, I love Brussels sprouts, but there's some people that apparently eating Brussels sprouts is like eating a, a little ball of tin foil. It is, it is really metallic, virtually inedible. It's a horrible experience. And those good. same people, when they eat asparagus, mm. their weed doesn't smell. What? Mm. Yeah. 
Well, Have you met one of these thing. people? Uh, no. Or is this like a like a kind of I read it somewhere. I can't remember. Myth. I genuinely can't remember where. But it's... Uh, <laughs> well, it must v- be true. Viz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've only it ever seen you reading Viz. It was me. the Beano. Um, so that was my uh, swallow. Mm-hmm. Good one. Thanks. My spit is going to be hangovers. Okay. Last time I saw you guys, I was was yeah, um, yeah you were disgraced. Yeah, I was wasn't great form, and uh, and I just thought, you know what, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it, that you you can partake of a favourite beverage, and then um, not feel so clever the next day. Mm. Well, have you heard uh, this week the guy? He's called Professor Nut. He's a guy. Who, he's been quite prevalent in a lot of the sort of pro legalization of drugs he was the sort of drug czar and wrote lots of reports and anyway he's fronting some research that has created a chemical alternative to alcohol this is something we should oh, probably yes. delve a little bit deeper into yes. um, um, and the idea that he's, you can get all the benefits of alcohol such as sociability and relaxation okay, so that's interesting. without a hangover because for me it's all about the taste I drink mm. wine because I like the taste of it and you know, yes, if I have a you know couple of glass of wine at the end of the day, it's to relax, enjoy the taste, have it with food, whatever. But I'm not drinking to chase the buzz, and increasingly no, no. not because I don't want to hang over the next day. And we've all got small kids, and that's right. It's terrible. But also, I, what I find is the best drinks of the evening are the first, the first two, mm. and maybe three. And yeah. after that, actually, not I so am probably just drinking to yeah, keep the buzz sort going. of sustain that yeah. feeling rather than actually going for those real moments of pleasure, which come quite early on. It's like a lot of things in my life they come. <laughs> Very fast. They <laughs> arrive right at the beginning, and by the midway through, I've just done. And then really. by the after, <laughs> you all get apologetic because you behave badly. Yeah, yeah. And well, and I've got a question to you. Just erring slightly towards something else. So something that really annoys me that goes into this whole hangover spit category is: Do you get people constantly asking you questions like? hangovers mm. are much worse if I drink cheap yeah. wine or yeah. I'm sure it's the sulfites or I'm <clears> sure it's it's because the wine's cheap is that right and um, for me I just want to go no 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 uh, it's like uh, the, you know you are basically having a hangover fundamentally because you've drunk too much and alcohol's a poison yeah. so basically <laughs> yeah. it's kind of that simple for me yeah. it's like hangovers are shit drink more water it's Drink less booze. A carbohydrates and some fat help in advance. I think caffeine actually is meant to slow down the absorption of the mm. ethanol. There are a couple of things that people can be sensitive to. Some people complain about the sulfites. You know, in wine labels, it's contained sulfites. That's because yeah. it's an allergen. But for like less than 1% of people. And there's more sulfur in a bag of apricots. And you never have anyone saying... I've got a really bad Christ, hangover. Christ, I've got a bad hangover. Oh, those <laughs> yeah, those are, they might give you something else. <laughs> they yeah. Are on the toilet. yeah, they're not good for the guts. <laughs> they're very good. But, yeah, they're good, very too good. Too yeah. good. But uh, I don't think they're responsible for hangover. And then some people are sensitive to some histamines that can be produced in red wines, and they might only have a problem from like red wines mm. that is potentially true in which case you might want to take an antihistamine mm. like if you're constantly having red wine and cheese or fermented foods and getting a hangover then swerve down that way and then the cheap wine thing I can't think of anything scientific for that at all mm. it's basically grapes whether it's grown in a posh vineyard or a massive vineyard mm. it basically goes through the same fundamental process and has a s- alcohol at the end I think with beer there is 
I think a lot of mass-produced beer will use ingredients that aren't particularly natural to perhaps help with the fermentation or okay. And will that and that adjuncts. might give you more of a hangover? I, yes, I mean it's very difficult to tell because most people, if they have a big night out. Mm will be drinking those kind of beers. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like people say, oh, tequila gives me a headache or makes me, gives or me ports. a terrible people hangover. Or ports, people say about ports, because yeah. you're drinking a port because you got to that stage yeah. already. Yeah, I mean, you don't go, I'm going to have yeah. one glass of port tonight and then I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, 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 That's, yeah. Uh, it's unlikely. It's an, it's an occasion. Yeah. And, and I just think that if you drink water, I mean, for instance, this weekend we did our show in two different towns, both of which we drove back from, got to bed quite late, but it's quite a physical show, isn't it? We're running around a lot. We sweat quite a lot. It's full on. And you feel hungover the next day. Next day, dehydration. Hungover to hell. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. really unfair. I didn't yeah. have anything to drink last night. Yeah, I get that. Um, Even off a glass of wine, if I haven't drunk enough that day, if mm. I haven't drunk enough water that day. Yeah, mm. so it is dehydration. Water, water, water. If you if you keep water going, then uh, that's good. So then drink water, people, but yeah. also mix it with alcohol. It's good. But, yeah. But the, the, the people ask it on spirits in terms of which is the best spirits, and they say when Clean I drink spirits. vodka, I yeah. don't get as bad yeah. a hangover. When it comes to the distillation process, they're taking out a lot of those nasty congeners, the oh, things that's that right. actually yeah, yeah, give do. you the hangovers. So when yes. you're talking about just fer- fermented products, that's probably one of the reasons that are a bit heavier. That mm. a lot of those alcohols are still in there, and then they distill them out. However, I challenge anyone to drink. And I will challenge them <laughs> a bottle of vodka or a uh, bottle yeah, of yeah. whiskey and come back and say, Yeah, I, I feel, feel much better after the <laughs> yeah, vodka. Because yeah, yeah. you won't. You'll yeah. feel like shit. Yeah. Uh, so just drink less. Drink but better. Drink better. better. Yeah. Excellent. And that's a brilliant conclusion to that <clears> section, <throat> boys. There's a little strap line there. Thank Ooh, you. Well done, Good Sam. One. And we are now going to move on to the tasting part yeah. of yeah, our podcast. Which I'm going to get Ben to introduce. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to It's the Drink Talking. Uh, well, everybody, this is as ever going to be the highlight of the podcast um, because well we'll see we're just at the end of the summer autumn sort of 
part. It's starting to get a bit cold. So I'm trying to extend the uh, summer feel with some fruit IPAs. Ooh, that sounds right up my street. Uh, yes, yeah. fruity. So Free. the IPA, that's been a kind of poster boy for the craft brewing movement. We've talked about that before, but if you hadn't listened to this podcast before, then it's India Pale Ale, originally a British beer style, first brewed in London and in Burton-upon-Trent, shipped over to India with more hops, more alcohol. We're standing a long sea journey over there, six months, got there, I'm in perfect condition. So quite hoppy beer, quite strong. Then it sort of died a death, sort of disappeared, and life was breathed back into it in the 80s when the American craft brewers who inspired by what's going on in Europe reawoken it from its slumber and brewed it with more hops, more alcohol than their British counterparts but now it means that everyone is brewing an IPA on both sides of the uh, Atlantic, massive IPAs in America, really really hoppy really really aromatic and really bitter a lot of UK breweries are now aping the American interpretations of what was originally a British beer style so it's bouncing back and forth across the pond Every craft brewer in the world is doing an IPA pretty much. So there's more and more pressure on brewers to differentiate themselves with their IPAs. And with these new world hops, so American hops and kiwi hops, they're incredibly fruity. So you've got stuff like the mosaic hop, which is very sort of sweet, fruity aromas. Cascade, grapefruit and citrusy. You've got citra, which is again quite grapefruity. So you've got all these hops that are adding fruit notes to the beer anyway. And so what they're doing now is putting fruit into the brewing process on top of that. Or they'll take extract, they'll also extract it, depending on how well they can sort of dovetail it into the, the brewing process. So it was a big thing a couple of years ago in America, where they're, they're still sort of fruit IPAs are still quite popular. And it's sort of been done by quite a few breweries over here. Um, now, fruit beers... I'm surprised that's allowed. Like in wine, you can just chuck in an orange. Yeah, you man, know. we're crazy guys. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> no. Not like it's you like squares. Well, wine is just fruit juice, isn't it? So I suppose you wouldn't... Yeah. What do you want? Wouldn't you, mess with it. you wouldn't want to adulterate them. No. The and, well, would you, you like lobbing a banana or something? Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. Does it, when does it... I suppose that's it. When does it go into the Don't ask me technical questions. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. We, we can this. edit this bit that shows that you're a complete bum clown. <laughs> <laughs> don't know, don't know your subject. <laughs> do they put it into the... No, when they, they ferment it, or do they put it in at the end? And well, traditionally, if like lambic beers, they will add whole cherries or raspberries Ooh. into the barrel yeah. as it's fermented. Okay. Do you remember we went and saw those guys in Cantillon in uh, Brussels yes and there was that little boy <laughs> straddling a barrel with his little hand and he was dropping the cherries into the beer with his little hands Ben and his boys isn't it <laughs> uh, I don't remember this guy <laughs> no uh, he was the brewer's son I think so it was alright but it did look suspiciously <laughs> like child labour <laughs> no yeah. yeah. what are you looking at me he's the one talking right this is all going in so in the anyway they had fruit edit. mostly towards the end and it's, it just makes it more fruity really and they are very nice um, okay, so the two cans so nice. two cans try them so the first one mm. is brewed in Peckham South London by the Bianca Road Brew Company who Thank are a relatively recent addition to the craft beer scene so this has got the addition of blood orange juice and orange zest so juice so they haven't put big they're not, no, they've not, no, no. Okay. It's quite fruity. The, the, oh, it's, it's got quite a, a fruit juice appearance. 
Okay. That's a bit like Reef. <laughs> do you remember Reef from the yeah, 90s? I was going to go with Lilt, remember, Yeah, there was Reef uh, ready to drink, and there was mm. Alco Pops. That... I do, yeah. So anyway, it's... it's... quite poor head retention. Is that an affliction of these beers? I'll be honest, the head should probably be a bit better than that. Uh, especially cause It I'll might be our glassware. We should, mm. yeah. we should defend the beer. What's it called? It's called L.A. Bloods. Which is, I refer to the gang culture of... Yeah. Uh, Los Are you being serious? Do they have yeah, the crisps Yeah, but it's also blood well. orange. Oh, right, yeah. You could have this one with some crisps, because then you could yeah. have bloods and... Crips. Mm. <laughs> uh, or the um, crips would have to be blueberries, wouldn't they? Is that, were they the blue hats? I think Billy Blue Hat. Billy Blue Hat. Roger Red Hat. I'm not sure I can taste orange. <laughs> if they call themselves the Red Hats and Blue Hats... Maybe that would have well, taken some of the aggression out yeah. of the whole thing. And not carried guns. Yes. Yeah. Um, oranges. Do you actually taste oranges? In yes, this? I do. I do think you? you really get the blood orange. The I get the bitterness. bitterness. Yeah. I don't really get a sense of sort of citrus sweet orange, but I get the bitterness, mm. which is going back to your um, your swallow. Yeah, no. That's what I really enjoy about it. It's, that's why I keep going back to it. And it would be delicious with some crisps, actually. Yeah, joking. absolutely. Oh. As all beers tend to oh. be. Or nuts. Or nuts. nuts. I like them. Spicy nut. Yeah. yeah. A wasabi pea. Ooh, get me. Oh. get me! But I like just, that. Yeah, I think choice. it's because what four point five alcohol. I can quite, see. Yeah, that's quite okay. I suppose that's all right. Four point five, not too strong, not too weak. I sp- the problem is people still buy a beer based on it being close to five percent, don't they? So, as we've found with our own beer, Hobo, if you go too far below five percent, mm. actually, some consumers won't drink it because they think it's they, too weak they do are still looking for a bit of a buzz and bit they of a buzz, value yeah. for money especially mm. when it's, it's coming in a beautiful can which we can see but um it's got like little think, paisley shapes on it yeah people think they're not getting value for money but i actually tend to look for beers that are a bit lower are a bit lower these yeah, days we do. that comes down to your hangover chat ben did you was it you who introduced me to the beer toast do we yes. do that in this show? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so good. I was trying to enjoy it. Every weekend. Now. Yeah, doing a really yeah. good job with it, aren't they? Yeah, delicious. Mm. It's a good one, isn't it? Really good. This one's quite gassy. I've got slight contact to it. Um, <laughs> the thing with fruit beers, it always rings alarm bells with me because I just think that they don't work very often. They're often one style the of beer. The Belgian ones are so yummy. Like a nice They're, crack beer. So yeah. it's called? Is that Creek. Ch- Creek. A crack beer is something <laughs> totally <laughs> different. The yellow like bloods are all over that, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> big, big fans. <laughs> yeah. Don't drink crack beer, kids. Uh, yeah, the classic Belgian ones with real fruit mm. are lovely and they're mm. much more like a wine, really, mm. than a beer. But then... It's something that a lot of brewers take shortcuts on. They just put some fruit essence in there, or the, and that synthetic sweetness really comes through, and you lose a lot of the depth to it. Having the IPA as a style as a base is quite useful because, all like I said, a lot of the New World aromatic hops are very fruity to start with, and mm. so this just sort of bolsters up that character. So the second yeah. one we're going for this is more like an IPA color, isn't it? Yeah. So, so you got the, the um, this that's, is from this is called massive. Effortless Grapefruit IPA. Oh my goodness! God, that and is, this comes God. from the, ca- the chocolate. Dip your finger into Wait, the, hold on. the head the chocolate? and taste it. That is on about? pure grapefruit. Really? That's incredible. Oh, I know what you mean. It does taste that a bit is, like chocolate. Yeah. Now that is like um like no, like uh, a like a quality street. Yeah. You know, like a, a fondant. Yeah, I don't know. I know what you mean, but it's not. That it is tastes like an orange. That is, that is it tastes burst. like an orange quality street. Or are you not thinking about uh, maybe a starburst? Taste it. Taste opal it. fruit. Yeah. Opal fruit, you mean? Okay. Yeah, opal fruit, of course. Sorry. And it's from the Captain Lawrence <laughs> Brewing Company, who are based in New York. 
they're famous for their Kolsch beer. I think in our new book, Tom, World's yes. Best Beers, yes. second edition, which was only out a couple of weeks ago, which we've an astonishing display of restraint. <laughs> we've not plugged at all. Please go and buy it. It's uh, World's Best weeks. Beers on them. It's been out for two weeks. Yes, we haven't talked about it. Stacking the pulping factory <laughs> shelves right yeah, now so no, please buy it no 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 it's flying off the shelves I hear where can I buy this if I wanted to um, I bought this Amazon uh, where did I buy this oh, no, the I bought this from Borough Wines oh did you yeah yeah, did yeah. You? yeah so they're really good sort of East Coast player their Kolsch beer is very very good I love a Kolsch and they do some amazing oh. barrel aged sours as well can I also describe the can go for it okay it's quite a cute can it's kind of nice shiny metallic Lime green with green. bits of yellow and it's really cute. It's got a picture of a fruit, which you can only assume is a... Grapefruit. Grapefruit. Yeah. Yep. Reclining on a little deck chair. And it's, just got, it's just really cute, metallic, lots of greens and pinks and yellows. It's mm. very But striking. it's not appealing to children, is it? No. No. It's, it's got, it's, it's got I a I think it's probably appealing to women. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's rather so? uh, cliched. Well, it? you are a woman, so... You... No, because it, cause it's got natural grapefruit flavour... So it's a bit fruitier. Yeah. It's only 4.5%. And they have actually gone and splashed quite a lot of pink all over the can. Yeah, and I don't, I think I there's think, a, is there a picture of a kitten on there? Um, some shoes? No, chocolate. but the grapefruit's definitely wearing some lippy and some nice flip-flops. Okay. Just a thought. See, if we just said that, we'd be absolutely <laughs> murdered. Of course. But I take your point. It is a maybe a female-friendly beer, mm-hmm. but not exclusively female, because mm-hmm. females can enjoy... A wide spectrum of flavours, just as men can. They can get jobs and everything these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, Captain Lawrence, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who was Captain Lawrence? What's that oh, all about? You don't know. Larry. <laughs> Old Larry. <laughs> <Not> yeah. <laughs> Captain, Captain Lawrence was the name of the uh, brewer's cat, I think, wasn't it? Uh, that'll do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Captain Lawrence. I don't know. doesn't matter, oh. does it? What's more important, Tom, is don't be dragged into the marketing of this. It's all about the flavours. Oh, you know me, Ben. I yes. like to look beyond the drink. Uh, so... <laughs> I definitely prefer that to the yeah, LA Bloods. I've got to say, I do as well. Uh, the LA Bloods, we should um, say, for the benefits of, of the listeners who are maybe put off by things like Starburst and other... I mean, it's very sweet at first in terms of the aromas, but it's not <clears throat> sweet on the palate but it does, at all. It really no. dries out, doesn't it? And it's quite a short, so it, that bitterness It's takes, really takes well balanced. It's got nice acid. It has got some bitterness. But it's got these lovely flavours that are reminiscent of and I orange don't, and grapefruit. But yeah. that's not just coming from the grapefruit zest that is added to the beer. Mm. It's dry hopped with mosaic and palisade hops. Oh, it's a palisade then for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's what's for doing real. What's, what's we're doing? Um, <laughs> that's definitely. And what's but, but dry hopping means they add the, the hops at the end of the brewing process. All the aromatics come from that. So, I think if they even took the grapefruit away, it would still be. A particularly fruity beer. I'm going to buy some. I think that's really good. I love it. Love it. Captain Lawrence, there. That's one of my favourites, along with the toast we did before. I'd put that in my top five that we've done. Now, what I've noticed at the moment is that whilst it's great what's going on with the craft beer scene here and all the British brewers, the Americans are just a bit further ahead, and the smaller breweries. And Captain Lawrence are one of the big guys now, but they've they were small originally. Have they been bought? Are they? No, no, they are entirely independent, independent, as far as I, I know. Yeah, but um, they are. Certainly seen as independent, but the quality control of the American beers that you see over here, even though they've travelled over, it's just it's impeccable. Well, considering how far it's come, it yeah. tastes very fresh. This, I mean, this, that's partly this down is the to New, the can New York as well. one, right? Yeah, mm, okay, well, it's not that it. far away. Tropical but... refreshment all year long. Well, it's probably yeah. come over on a boat, so it's taken oh, at, at yeah. least a week. Yeah, unless they've flown that one over for you specially. No, no, they didn't. Um, but if they wanted to fly us from here to, to there, there well, to that see would be the thing. How it was made? Yeah. 
than um, so go through the normal comparison. channel. I'd, I'd come too. Yeah, yeah. I have got another can here called Five Points Field Day Citrus Pale. That does Pale, look like one for ladies. Um, that which has, is, that's it's got, got an actual got a picture kit. of a kitten on it. <laughs> oh my God. And that's used. Uh, you can have that. You can have that. Um, that uses zest from Sicilian lemons, not just any lemons, Sicilian lemons. Oh, and and they've, got great, they've got grapefruit zest in there and that's made with a mosaic hop as well. I so I'll, I enjoy, I'll, that I'll enjoy that at home tonight if that's so okay. They are, keep an so eye out for them because they are... With my salmon on croup. Yep, and your sub-below-par husband, who can't, yeah. he wouldn't be able to taste <laughs> any of it, whatever. Sub-human. The <laughs> sub-human husband. Sub-human husband um, who probably thinks it tastes like water. Yes. Thanks, Ben. That You're was, very um, welcome. That was, I like it when you... Um, make you happy. Make me happy. Actually, it brings something <laughs> I like to taste. So few men do. <laughs> sub-husband. Sub-husband. Tom, you're on the spot now. I am, I'm going to do the legend. You. you are this week's legend. host of the Legend of Liquor section. Yes. And I've gone with someone living and working uh, this week because I've, I think I've only Me? ever done a, someone from the past. It's not either of you two, although you are in my eyes legends. Legend. But it's just been London Cocktail Week and it's been a big celebration of cocktails in London, but people from all over the UK and indeed the world have arrived in London. And I, I'll talk a bit more about that in another podcast. But I thought I would celebrate someone whose world is cocktails. And so I'm going to focus on Jake Berger. Uh, he's my legend, not just because his name is Berger. Cool name. Um, which is a very cool name. If you're in the industry or you know of bartenders, you might not be the first choice because you might think if we talk about cocktail legends, we'd go back into history and talk about people like Jerry Thomas, who in the 1860s was the first man to write down cocktail recipes in a book and get it published. And throughout history, there have been bartenders who've made a big name for themselves. And more recently, Dale de Groff in the 90s was partly responsible for the resurgence of cocktail culture. In New York, he was making Cosmopolitans. That's why oh, I'm looking I love at you, Sam, because I know yeah. you love Did he Cosmo. invent the Cosmo? He did not invent the Cosmo, no. The Cosmo cranberry juice and vodka was actually something that uh, Ocean Spray mm. really promoted as a way of getting more people to drink more cranberry juice. What? Um, you couldn't get away with that sort of marketing these days. But no, what he did was uh, he made it, sexy again he put a, an orange flame over the top of it so that's what brought people in mm. he, he lit a match over the zest of an orange and it let off a big flame over yeah, the top love of the drink it. Love and that, people that, just that, went crazy because yeah. back then fire was new to them I guess <laughs> yes. uh, new invention <laughs> back yeah. in the wow, 80s fire. Oh. but Jake is a more contemporary bartender and he started his life off in Leeds but he runs a bar now called the distillery in Portobello Road mm-hmm. And he also makes a gin. And he has been making cocktails since he was, well, before he was 18, but he's been serving them from the age of 18 uh, over in Leeds, before cocktails were at all popular, really, in this country. And we went through a phase in the 1930s where places like the Savoy, the the American bar, would have been popular for cocktails. But really, in the 90s in this country, I doubt either of you were really drinking... Vodka and orange. Vodka and orange, exactly. You weren't really drinking mixed drinks. Um, so Jake was right there at the, the forefront, pushing them in Leeds, and he worked in a place called um, the Townhouse in Leeds. Anyone from Leeds drinking in the 90s might remember that place, and Jake was really one of the, the pioneers of the culture there and was approached by a guy called Jed. Jed's surname has escaped me. Can you remember his surname? I don't know. It sounds sinister. Man. It's approached <laughs> by a man called Yeah. <laughs> Jed won't forgive me. Um, but he runs a company called Lelex, and they asked him to come in and set up his own bar. And Jake's bar in Leeds is now an institution and 
I think Ben will agree with me, uh, one of the great bars in the world. I was there for my stag do, and Ben fell over and landed on his bottom and back and went oh, through a glass no, table. Glass <laughs> table. Yeah. yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. I good, good night. <laughs> yeah. And we were picking glass out of his back in the morning. I totally Pretty, forgot yeah. about that. Well, yeah. probably for the best. That's, That's the sort of thing it? that would happen with Jake's bar. <laughs> yeah. It was it's sort of hedonistic but also great cocktails. And then he came down to London and he opened a bar called the Portobello Star, which is mm-hmm. a very important bar in, in London cocktail culture in the last 10 years. And what he has managed to do, and the reason I find him so legendary in his status, is combine really great quality cocktails with having a good time Mm. and there are some people in life who think cocktails are a bit sniffy and a bit sort of um, what's the word snobby and and also getting some more wacky ones like people putting really like foraging ingredients in and savoury ingredients in well this is it and things I'm finding a bit bonkers like I wouldn't go and head out like have you been to this bar Dandelion yes that's meant to be quite cool I've never been and Uh, he's just one he's picking up awards all all the time and they do great I love a cocktail I want to go there where is it it's on embankment it's just um, part of the Sea Containers building just facing the Thames. Oh, it's a okay. fantastic yes, yes, bar. Yes, 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 yes. But they say something mm. like that. Jake Berger used an ostrich egg in a cocktail competition mm. 15 he years ago. He opened it with a chainsaw. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of wacky stuff, I, I mean, it's, it's arguably all been done before, but Jake really has managed to push boundaries. This is a man who, uh, on one shift in Mojo, I think it was in Leeds, managed to set fire to some fridges. And bearing in mind, fridges are made they of are metal cold. and glass. That's quite and good cold. That is an achievement. <laughs> that, the irony, I was trying to explain to my three-year-old the difference between hot and cold, and I took him to the fridge and opened it and said, this is cold. Mm. And then he would say, no, 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 that's hot, that's hot. And we had an argument about it. Right. But it turns out that fridges can, can be hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He he knew. Maybe he was right. Was, yeah. Yeah. But he's taken that sense of fun, but he's also uh, massively pioneering and also really well-informed. And the thing is, if you sit down with Jake and talk to him about drinks, he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of weird and wonderful facts, but also really important information about drinks. So you can sit at a bar with him for, for a few hours and really he's like the consummate bartender. And where's he based now? Portobello so Star Porto, still? No, the Portobello Star has recently closed because they put all their, their investment and time into the distillery which is just down the road. But this place is... Is that Portobello Gin? It's Portobello Gin, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because Jake is also behind oh. Portobello Gin. And they set this place up. It is phenomenal. It doesn't seem to be getting the global recognition that it deserves. I mean, mm. we've just recently had the 50 best bars in the world. I'd put it on there. It's just a phenomenal space where they've got a distillery in it. They've got a bar where they've got barrel spirits. So spirits, they bought them by the barrel and they're there still ageing and taking yeah. on the wood while they serve and them directly that? from a pipe. In Portobello? On Portobello Road, yeah. yeah. Um, so you can drink... It from the barrel, which is barrel fresh beer. Yeah. I mean, essentially, I've not seen many people doing this in the world of spirits. Uh, he's making incredible cocktails in this space. He's got wicked tapas as well. You can actually sit there and, and eat in one floor. I love and he's turned food. it into a hotel, so you can you can do all of this. You can do a gin training day and make your own gin there on site, and he'll give you a, a class on gin. So you could spend a good few yeah, hours yeah, yeah, there yeah. and sleep there yeah, yeah. I mean it's an institution also, to gin and alcohol but also one of the key roles of a bartender is the idea that if you're sat at a bar on your own and they're working and they're having a chat with you that they can be entertaining and talk about pretty much anything stuff. I would happily sit at the end of the bar and talk to him because he is he's funny he knows stuff about much beyond drink he's a bit of a sort of bar philosopher as well so I a think raconteur. that's a raconteur but that's that makes him sound a little bit kind of 
Peter Houston off, but he's not. No. He's, he's just got good chat. He's got great chat. I've been on trips all around the world. You know, I've gone on loads oh, of luxury Christ, trips, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I have been on trips all around the world with him and um, just to see him in action and ask the questions that me as a drinks journalist, you know, if I remember my notepad, which invariably <laughs> I haven't, but he is asking the questions that I feel like I should be asking because he's that enthusiastic and that knowledgeable. Mm. I just think people like him make cocktail culture relevant to a lot a wider audience and you can be really really geeky about cocktails and the ingredients and the and how they're made and you can be into the paraphernalia but sometimes in the cocktail world it can become a bit fine-tuned and it, bit it's navel gazing and it does at the risk of keeping people out of it that might otherwise he take did an um, a few years ago we did something online called jake's jokes mm. which was, if you type twink mm-hmm. plus jake's, yeah, yeah. jake's jokes into our into the google Search engine uh, machine. It will come up, and there's some really good gags that he does as yeah. well. He could be a stand up. He's got yeah. the mannerisms of a great stand up. Yeah. Uh, Jed Felton was the name of his business partner at Lelex. I oh. should say that because Jed will be annoyed that I've forgotten his surname. And actually, Lelex have been hugely important in opening all these bars, Jake's Bars and, and the Portobello Star. He's been hugely influential in our, in our industry, and I think in bringing people who like drinks into drinks. And there aren't enough people like Jake. I love him. I meant to say, there'd be a little <laughs> man crush going yeah. on here. I could love. Well um, done, Jake. Well, thumbs up for Jake. Yeah. I think that he sounds um, pretty legendary. Yes. So, Indeed. well done for that, Tom. And that wraps up another podcast from It's a Drink Talking. So, just leaves us all to say goodbye. Yeah. Cheers. Cheerio. Bye. This was a Grand Crew podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. From 7 Digital.